race car. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray. With me is my Jacob, the ever on time here, ready to rumble, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, sorry about being absent the last however many weeks it's been. It's just been a lot of stuff going on in personal life. Yeah. Timings and that kind of stuff. Into summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were... Both on the beaches of Waikiki, blazing up some peyote, smoke, uh, drinking a couple Corones. For all the money we made from Wolf.com. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been crazy, man. I started look. I'm going to be open with everybody who listens. Started looking for a house. So there's been like house hunting on weekends. Like to buy. Yep. No, to burn down. I don't know if you want to rent or something. No, you got to start your career as a serial arsonist somewhere. So we're looking for a particular home. Uh, yeah, no, bye. I don't know. We're old. We got a dog. Seems like it's something it's we should a, It's a tough process. Uh, I've done it. How's I'm doing it now? Yeah, it's not great. Not having the best time. Yeah, be prepared. Like when you close, you sign your name for an hour. Oh, so much. it's okay. Luckily, you got a great name. Uh yeah, so that's that. I mean, there's been some your your hand exploded or something, right? You got yeah. fat hand, you got fat hand syndrome, I heard. <laughs> yeah, my cat got me and it made my hand swelly. <laughs> yeah, so lots of going on with the houses and the big hands and stuff like that. But we appreciate everybody sticking by us. Uh last time we recorded, someone sent us an email. I forget what it was, but I think it was our buddy Greg, so one yeah. up to Greg. Thanks a lot for sending us an email know that we took it to heart and would have talked about it had this been a month and a half ago <laughs> but it's not so uh do we need to plug stuff we got patreon.com yeah forward slash broken jars uh if you play tabletop role-playing games check yeah. the link drive through rp uh it is an affiliate link so we make a little bit of money so if you're going to be buying stuff there anyway just exactly i mean uh, how are you supposed to buy this house if you don't click that dang link broken jars xyz's or website yeah. yeah. Did you? Uh, I just picked up the essentials kit that just came out for D and I've been wanting that. I haven't yeah. done it. Yet. Yeah, I got it. I've been looking around. It looks fun, and there's a module in there for just two people, a DM and a player. Yeah, yeah. I think people have been homebrewing that kind of thing, but this is official, so maybe we'll try it. What there's supposed to be some kind of like digital download. Oh. Thank you for telling me that. I don't know. Maybe I only cursory looked at it. I had it and I wasn't playing D and D, so I just had this box of D and D stuff. Now that is just not being used. Yeah, because like I think they're using that to test out like maybe having digital download for D and D Beyond. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be cool. All right. Anyways, we're here to talk about The Office, everybody's favorite season. We've heard it for years and years. Uh, we're just jumping right into the middle of it. Episode 13, Season 9, Junior Salesman, written by Carrie Camper, directed by David Rogers, featuring everybody who's already in the office. Plus a couple new faces. Uh, yeah, so we, so we open up with, um, there, there's a fallout from Brian helping Pam to not get abused. Right. Which, like, it's kind of a sheet thing to get fired over, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, so Brian's tough, right? If you frequent the... Dunder Mifflin subreddit. Oftentimes, you will see a meme posted maybe once a week saying the worst part of the show with an image of someone. Sometimes it's Nelly, sometimes it's Brian, sometimes it's Andy sitting behind Michael's desk. You know, but Brian is is consistent up there. Right. So here, aside from whatever you know, he makes some statements in this bit here. We see him cleaning out his locker. Um, as you said, he got fired for socking that dude from the warehouse in the face with his boom mic and uh he says some something along the lines of like whatever you need i'll be there right right and and that's sort of a whole storyline that gets into it because in this um they're hiring a junior salesman basically pick up the slack from jim only working right right yeah there's this whole bit about like you know you sit close to somebody and you know 
it's almost basically it's it's almost inev- inevitable that uh you're Most going to don't. fall in love oh sure yeah 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 <laughs> and so and we see that and it's it's it's, it's made to seem like brian's been over pam since like day one like into pam well no no like doing the boom for pam. oh right right, right. literally physically over her yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah let me just double check here because i may it's been a while right so i feel like obviously this brian thing getting he hits the guy at the end of this episode last up yes oh last last up. right right that, there it is we're all no it's in the next episode no so he got, he we got, are off a little here yeah he got in trouble for helping pam out right but he's not fired right but this is where we learned that and um you know he's, he's into pam has you know feelings and all that and i kind of assume that he's he was with the camera guy or maybe was the camera guy from season two where who got like Pam's attention when um with the candy bars with the candy bars yeah yeah sorry let me take a step back further because not only have we not done this in a while it's been a very long time since we watched these episodes i'm reading (laughs) so we are talking about junior salesman right in this episode it is revealed that brian has a crush on pam full stop so the punching, the vandalism, the firing has not happened yet. That's all next episode. Correct. We are ahead of ourselves by 30 minutes, and that is my bad because I started talking about him beating up a dude with a boom mic. But yes, to your point, Jim says this thing. What's interesting about Jim in this episode is it's kind of similar to the Dwight Christmas episode in that he has to leave, mm-hmm. but there is a non-work-related responsibility he feels the need to fulfill before he goes right so um in that episode he came back because he felt bad and wanted to participate in this christmas thing with dwight and here it's for pam in that he feels it's important to have a say in who's taking his spot right because dwight uh brings in all of his friends and as we know aren't exactly the nicest no i mean we've We've met a handful of them. Uh, we've got, here we go, the guest stars. We've got um, Melvina, who is his Dwight's old babysitter slash lover. Right. Uh, Trevor, who we know as the uh, person who is going to take Oscar out. Mm-hmm. Um, Zeke, who uh, is, is like, what is that, Moses' brother or something? Yeah. 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 Uh, like they're related they're all related somehow yeah yeah uh sensei ira which to me is weird because when we first saw him he didn't seem like a weirdo right he seemed like just a regular karate teacher <laughs> uh but well, he I'm, yeah i mean maybe he's not all that weird some extra yeah i mean he shows up in his gi you know right like everybody else is in a suit or whatever and he still shows up in his karate outfit so i was like oh i see they're playing him a little Right, and that, that's another thing where you've got like things becoming more and more outlandish, more cartoonish as yeah. the series goes on. Yeah, they yeah feel yeah. like they need to like one up themselves, where they probably don't do it. Right. But, At one time, when like you know, a quiet look to the camera was the thing that made everybody crack up at home. Eight years later, we're at a place where we're like, look, Karate Man shows up to workspace. Right, right, and that's. That's one reason I think that's that more than anything is why people the like Michael leaving as as the downfall of the show. I don't know if it's necessarily him, but it's out in season eight and especially. Yeah, I mean, we uh, my wife and I just watched Battle of the Sexes, which is that tennis movie about Billie Jean King versus mm. Steve Carell's in that flick. And what I realize every time I watch Steve Carell do a serious movie is that he's freaking amazing. Right. Yes. Um, so when they give Andy these weird, awkward moments where he's a terrible human, like they used to do for Michael, it's just made people hate Andy more, you know? Yeah. It doesn't come, come across as genuine. Yeah. And I like Ed Helms a lot, but he's no Steve Carell. So when you flip it and you're watching Scott's tots or date Mike or whatever, it's like Michael is not being a good person yet at the end of it, we're still like, man, poor Michael, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, like, as you said, when he leaves, that's the problem is they keep trying to do this with their, their characters, but we don't care about anybody. Right. And they never, re- they never should have tried to Michael 
He yeah. should have just gone in a completely different direction. Yeah, you know, every time we watch a new episode as we progress with this show, and every time I see the intro with Andy trying to grab the bobblehead or whatever and push it off the desk instead of Michael adjusting his Dundee, it's like, did they know that they perfectly are explaining what we're about to see? <laughs> Ed Helm clumsily trying <laughs> to lead this show, you know? Right. And again, it's not Ed Helm's fault. You said it. They're trying to write a new Michael when they should have really just not. Right, right. They should have gone with a different tact, but they stayed. They, they tried to keep the same form. That was the bad way. Yeah, because I'll even say Robert California has was okay. That was interesting. Yeah, especially. because he was so different, you know. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. If they wrote Andy as Andy instead of Andy doing a Michael impression, right, could have been a different show. Okay, uh, who else is there? Wolf, who we've met, hates Angela or did our buddy Nate? Yeah, is he? He's up there for the interview, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, Mose, of course. Who has a fear? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Wolf is there. Wolf is a different person. Rolf right. is who we've met. Wolf is also crazy. But, uh, and then, oh, Gabor, who is the kid, uh, the adult that Dwight went to mutant school with. Right. Yeah, that's played by Eric Warren, Warheim. Um, Troy. Also, right. Troy was a normal guy. He was just short. Right. And Dwight was the one making all the magic crap to him. But then, uh, maybe you'll remind me as we talk about it, but Troy has a weird moment in the bathroom, right, in this episode is what I'm recalling. Yeah, he's just like cleaning something. Yeah. But I would, I mean, on the surface, I think it would be, it would be hard for him to find a job. Because, Troy? yeah, because he was definitely involved in some shady shit with Ryan. Well, he was a financial wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. don't know, like, like was Troy the one helping right, was Ryan, he help- like, yeah. bake, cook the books? Yeah, I mean, it definitely felt like Troy was at least the dude getting Ryan the drugs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because, like, as he's splitting, I forget what he yells at the end when he's, like, leaving that date club. He's like, don't, don't call they, the cops or something. Don't take the hospital. hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a lot of... But it's nice that Dwight kept in touch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and Clark really wants the job. Yeah, right. You know, he's like, you put in 12 weeks at a company and they treat you like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's great is that he's like wrong in that statement, but he is also the most eligible for the role. Right, because he's already made the sale with the suit people. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is, that's already happened. Yes. Um, on the other side, we got Pim, Pim, <laughs> Pam and Jim are both concerned about Dwight's ideas. Pam's worried. Yeah. An athlete really wants him to get get uh, Jim to get some David Wallace yeah which is uh, I mean it's it's terrible on two counts one because it seems like Jim already gave a lot personally right right so they had that big investor out. right so they're in, in need of more but I mean like don't they all have ex-bosses who they could you know maybe oh one's a one was a biology teacher and one coach volleyball that's true right so they they don't really schmooze with the big wigs I suppose right and so like it, it was a bad move on their part to go after to have Jim do. Yeah, well, so, especially like under this crunch. Right. So what they should have done is they should have gone to David with a full pit. Like, right. Hey, as a, as a whole team. As a whole team, you know, we believe this is a good investment. Not hey, leverage your personal contacts because that seems right. really. Cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever. inviting people to a dinner party, having them sit in your garage while you're girlfriend is cooking something for eight hours so this is off topic but i saw this today on reddit so apparently apparently there's these joke candles out there Mm. and one of them is like it starts out as like bonfire and turns into smelly farts oh man (laughs) shoot that's terrible that's criminal yeah I might have to do that for someone. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, we do a broken jar secret Santa, so as long as it's, it's under true. That, oh man, I might have to do that. It's under twenty dollars. I think it's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Nobody else on the networks listens to the show, anyways. They'll never see it coming unless you get me again. I don't know if I told you guys. Jacob had me as uh, you know secret Santa this year. He spelled my name wrong when he sent my packages, as if we haven't been talking for <laughs> four years about this freaking show, seeing me sign in week after week on Zoom with my name <laughs> over my face every time I talk. Although today, it's just JR. It's so. been JR forever. Okay, well, you still could have spelled that, man. We <laughs> just went the wrong way. <laughs> okay, smell the candles. So, so, so Rolf and Dwight both think Rolf is getting the job. 
Right. Right. And he comes in, he's got this like redacted resume. You know, because Rolf. Well, Rolf, yeah, Rolf is the first person. He's the only person who's brought in originally. Right. And when he gives this difficult interview by with his redacted resume, interviewing Dwight, seeing if Dwight is eligible to hire Rolf. Right. Um, Clark all of a sudden seems like a good candidate. So he has to bring in this other uh, cavalcade of people. Now, that being said, this is also leading into the eventual backdoor pilot that is the farm. Because we're, yes. we're being reminded of all these people again. So when we see them later... Right, and they're building up, you know, oh, Dwight has a fa- an extended family that we've never seen before. Right, right. Like, look, Dwight's interesting by himself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, so Rolf doesn't work out, brings in all these other people. One of them has to be right. better than Clark. Right, but his resume is pretty funny. It's like, uh, education redacted except for minor and entrepreneur. Custom-built furniture was a life coach here. That would be terrifying, having Rolf be a life coach. Yeah, yeah. And extensive experience in retail, 1988 to present. So apparently he's just been working retail. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like sales. If pizza yelling at the pizza, de- uh, Michael yelling at the pizza delivery guy is uh, any saying about what so, this world. What do we think Rolf does in retail is this like does he sell guns or is it something like he works at abercrombie and fitch or something uh that uh, yeah i mean i was gonna go the non-funny route where he's probably like a stocks person at walmart or whatever you know yeah but yeah right they could go the creepy way where yeah he's a freaking blacksmith or something he's like this is well i mean i don't know he's creating like really nordic weapons in the middle of Northeast Pennsylvania. Well, that's not retail. Uh, well, then he sells. Oh, so we were, we were, we were up at Canada this weekend, and it, I saw the greatest sign. It was some someone advertising a huge selection of Jelly Belly mm-hmm. fireworks, guns, knives, and swords. In Canada. Well, it was actually in New York State. Oh, okay. There you go. That <laughs> makes a lot like, more sense. That's, yeah. that's a weird. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like New York Comic Con show floor. <laughs> Get some swords. Oh, that's every show floor at every con. That's true. Well, there's they're they're a bargain, man. You you go you know last day of the show, you go on a Sunday at like a two o'clock. You get two for one swords, whatever you want. You want the Halo Covenant sword, and you want a Master Sword. Sure, whatever. Four bucks. You walk out of there like a freaking like right. Sean at the end. Of Sean. Simon Pegg at the end of uh, Hot Foot. He's got shit coming out. I actually do have a... Oh, yeah? Yeah. My friend Ryan brought it for me for my 18th birthday. Wow. It's the Highlander. Wow. That is impressive. But eventually, I'm going to buy myself a zombie tool. What's a zombie tool? So they're these handcrafted, like, use-ready swords. <laughs> okay. They're amazing. And I really want one. I, I read through as if it was a regular book, the zombie survival guide, because like zombies were the thing. And obviously it's the most boring read ever because it's basically an instruction manual. But uh, I felt like I learned a lot. <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious because it's oh, unintentionally yeah. funny. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so sure. dry and such a... T- <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, it's legit and that's why it's funny. Um, okay, so what else do we got here? So, right, we're talking about David Walls. Um, so all the meanwhile too... Dwight and Jim are at odds with each other. So Dwight's kind of fighting a two-fronted battle. He doesn't want Clark for the job, um, but he also doesn't want Jim to get a say. Right, because this is his. Right. He knows this could be him. Uh, yeah, so he eventually, eventually David Wallace ends up on the phone, right? Right. And it's first asked, should Jim get a say in who is hired? David Wallace says no. Because well, Dwight, it's Dwight's reason, but like he's not around, right? right? So he shouldn't really have a say. Now, throughout the course of this conversation, not only is Jim not allowed to have a say in who gets hired, uh, but his pay is reduced to only what he works in Scream. Because I guess he was formerly getting his full salary. Right. Um, so this is like a double blow. It makes athletes' uh, current economic turmoil a little bit more dangerous for Jim because he doesn't have the one income anymore. Right, right. But, but also, it is very obvious that he can come back because he does for like yeah. a year, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so it's tough. All that so happens. You know, losing 10 grand. Well, that's it, right. But all that happens, it's all very difficult. And then David's like, well, I know we were supposed to have that call 
later. Do you want to just do it now? Right. He has to have them on speakerphone. Dwight still gets to be a part of it. And uh, Jim barely gets the full sentence. Right. He's like, I'm going to stop here. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They hang up. And Dwight, it's hard because you look at Dwight Christmas and Dwight was elated that Jim came back. Right. Right. Their real friendship was there. But this is just Dwight on the other side of the Jim coin. Just full on hating on him. Basically watching this dude's life fall apart in front of him. And he is just giddy. Well, I, I think there's a lot of the, the whole, I've seen him get away with so much, especially with Michael, because Michael loved Jim and Pam, and so right. he got away with so much shit. Yeah. And, and I think I mean, part of his Dwight's just happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It could have been a lot of other times, I feel like that would have been. It's all just adding to the drama that is Jim and Pam at this moment, right? Right. Oh, man, right. you know what episode I just watched of The Office today was freaking uh, Second Life episode, right? <laughs> and um, so Jim is showing Pam what's happening in that world. They scroll past and see Jim's avatar, and Pam keeps saying, I want to see Philly Jim. And I was just thinking to myself, boy, Pam, if only you knew who Philly Jim really was, <laughs> you would not be saying that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you can test this too. Like, if one of you in your household, we neither of us have kids. If I were to lose half my income, like, oh, yeah. shit would go down. Like, I would be stressed to the max. If my wife lost half her income, I'd be stressed to the max. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, you know, again, personal stuff. We're trying to buy this house. It's like, it's because we feel good now. You know, if I start working at Burger King. Yeah, no. Sure, I'm, sure, free meals every once in a while. But, you know, is that a I don't want to get into too much detail about it, but like I got into it with a high ranking lawyer at my work. And for, for probably about a week and a half, I really thought I was going to, because yeah. this guy has the power to like to say, fire that. He's super high ranking. It's stressful. I was, I was just like, what to do? Like I started calling on my friends who consult. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you need it, but you got any work for it? Like I was getting all my ducks in a row just in case. So luckily it didn't happen, but I was freaking out. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, uh, we know, I know some Canadian folk who work in Canada, but are in New York. And, uh, you know, you have to explain to them the severity of losing your job in America because of all the other things you lose, not just income, but healthcare and stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. This economic climate we live in, this is not the Jetsons future we all thought it would be. And it's a damn shame. Yeah. Because I'm constantly looking for a flying saucer for me to fly around to the mall. Have those cities in the exactly, but nothing, nothing, just a Subaru. Okay, so David Wallace says no, he's dejected. That's rough. Ultimately, though, Dwight realizes he can't hire any of these people, right? And he feels initially that they're all friends, he can let them off, it's fine. But before he can, it's revealed that they all need him to pick specifically right they just leave, he leaves them in there for hours yeah a long time he's got a chart he's writing pros and cons and all that kind of stuff and eventually uh jim comes to his aid which is crazy right because he realized like he interviews uh clark yeah and i assume he basically said hey i'm gonna give one of you this job yes and he I knows he realizes that clark is uh you know is, is the guy right he's like what would you hear? It's like a Kobayashi Maru. You know? Like, yeah. And it's and, like, I just did. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. Are you familiar with that reference? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. How dare you? If it's Trek, if it's Wars, if it's... For, Lord, for our listeners who don't understand, the Kobayashi Maru is an unwinnable scenario they ha that all cadets at the Academy have to do. Right. And Captain Kirk is the only one to successfully complete it but he hacked it so he could win right right uh i mean and for what it's worth um that was referenced in a very it's in the abrams star trek as well Correct. pretty front and center in the first one so it's not so crazy for a modern audience to know who the Kobe, what the kobayashi Maru is i don't know like star trek the biggest it's true it's true i mean just saying you know even though i did like the most like the most recent one, uh beyond yeah so good right. It's beyond, yeah, I think it's beyond Into yeah. the Darkness was the second one. I, I, I like them all. They're all fun. I'm try, I try not to be butthurt all the time about nerd stuff. I'm not saying that you were, but I'm just trying to be chill. Cause well, I thought the first was, one was terrible. Like the, fir the first of the new trilogy I just thought was terrible. Right, that's, but fair. that's fair. Into the Darkness was okay. 
And then beyond, I was like, okay, this is a Star Trek. Well, it's crazy. I mean, I know that that kid passed away, unfortunately, but it's crazy that they didn't jump onto a fourth one sooner. Uh, the guy who plays Chekhov, Anton Yelchin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The whole, whole cheap thing. It's very terrible. I thought maybe that'd be their delay, but... Oh, and then actually, man, we are just tangenting, going off track all the <laughs> But last year or like early this year, I remember reading reports that uh, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth were having like a... They wanted more money, basically. So that's why we haven't seen a fourth one yet. Because it was supposed to be a fourth one and then a Tarantino one. Right. But it seems like the fourth one might get canned and Tarantino just might get his. You know, I really don't want that to happen. Star Trek, and I love Star Trek. It's one of my favorites, but Star Trek should always be good for the entire film, period. And I hate the idea of them. Like, I love Tarantino, great director, but I don't think you should have us. A- I mean, okay, just imagine, okay? No lens flares. We pan across the bridge of the Enterprise. And we stop at a close-up of Ahura's feet. <laughs> and then you hear the sound of the sword. Her feet then become blood splattered. Cut to black. Yellow outline. Star Trek. <laughs> I think it sounds great. Bring the kids. <laughs> yeah, it should be. It should always be good for them. Like, right. that's, and if, the other thing, Star Trek is supposed to be hopeful, right? That's like the point of the show was to be hopeful about the future and tarantino i don't see him doing anything hopeful at all it, it, I, it, it is hopeful it's i hope i don't have to keep looking at zoe Saldana's feet throughout this whole movie <laughs> i hope that spock isn't caught by michael madsen with the song stuck in the middle with you playing or whatever that song is and his vulcan ears get trimmed that's what we're hoping <laughs> that's hopeful okay so Jim has to come in, save the day, tell everybody that they're not right. tired. And Dwight a, just like throws him under the bus, but it Rolf doesn't totally see through it. Yeah, and everybody knows. And, um, you know, it's it's hard. But I, what I do love, Dwight has created uniforms for Dunder Mifflin that are gold and like gray. Yeah. And he's got like jungle, formal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As if they're like Lara Croft outfits. Like, Back in the PlayStation day. Well, what uh, I was thinking was like Stormtrooper outfit. Because you got oh, like the jungle, yeah. oh, you got the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and you notes that he lost all of his friends in three hours. Clark gets the sales job. Right. And this is a big moment for Dwight. Uh, yeah. This, this is one of those. Because we see him. We see him take a leap towards being ready. And I know we've talked about this. But him being like making the decision that creates his ability to become it. Right. And you know, David Wallace looked at that and went, a lot of his friends applied and he didn't pick any of them. Right. You know, and that's a right. very big thing. And he realizes like, hey, you know what? These people are great, but they're not, they're not great for them. Yeah. That's a hard thing to do sometimes because you want to help people out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so, uh, again, I don't watch this season a lot. I don't really remember the episode of The Farm, but a lot of them show up again. So I forget how this fallout reconciles itself no, by the end of that episode. Only, uh, I think only one of them shows back up. Just Zeke, the Moe's yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Clark gets okay. a job. Pam and Dwight do a hazing. Yes. And they like put saran wrap over. Yeah. I mean, what do you think Pam's suggestion was about the saran wrap? Was it just wrapping his chair so that he falls off or something? Yeah. Or something. But uh, right. Dwight goes the other way, starts to suffocate Clark. Now, I do have to ask the question because he does interview Moe's. Uh-huh. And Moe's has, like, all sorts of fake shit on his resume. Yes. And he runs in the very Moe's run. Yes. So who has the better television run, Moe's or Tina Belcher? Well, I mean, Tina's, being a cartoon, is, like, designed perfectly because they can do it. But Moe's is live action, so he had to do it that way. And it's funny because that, you know, because he had to do it. So I'm going to say Moe's. Mostly because we always see Tina run. You know, she runs a couple times a season. We've seen Moe's run three times, maybe. And it's always in very short bursts, and it's always like a treat, you know? That's my final answer. All right, so what do you give in this episode? Oh, man. Well, because the gym storyline is kind of the same as the Christmas episode, it's kind of like, uh, I saw this already, I know he's conflicted, but watching Dwight grow is very interesting. So I'm going to give it a three- out of five, insert words. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember re- liking this more when I watched it. Uh, so I, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 fishing with hand grenades. All right. Okay, one down. Uh, oh, and Sorry, again, just, listeners. Yeah, it just, it's not our worst episode ever. No, it's true. We've had worse. Um, okay, vandalism. This is episode fourteen of season nine, written by Owen Ellickson and directed by Lee Kirk. Um, yeah. So Aaron helps Daryl sneak out of the office early. Is the cold open? Right. The sneaky. Yeah, and essentially it's because Daryl is also working in Philly. Is leaving on half days or whatever. Right. And um, he told Aaron, I guess, kind of casually, and Aaron thought it had to be more secretive than it actually ended up having to be. Right. Um, but he also just let her have fun. Well, that's the other part of it, right? Once he saw that that's what she was doing, he's like, all right, that's cool. So she does, like, noise distractions. Uh, the one it ends with is a giant teddy bear. Barrel. Yeah, barrel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's cute. It's cute. That's all right. I've got to say about it. So, like... Yeah, it's cute. You know, Daryl knows what's up. And he's like, and then, but Pam, you know, we kind of come in after the cold open. She's like, hard. I feel really good. You know, she feels like it's pretty close to be completed, even though it's not. Right. Uh, you know, she doesn't complete it for like another year. If, right. Uh, I remember right. So, um, put well, so butts on it. That's right. There's big orange graffiti butts all over her painting. She's up on the cherry picker or whatever you call it. And, uh, you know, she's demanding to find out. Yeah, she's got like a a phone. She's like, I need to know right now. And no one pays attention to her. Yeah, she's like, I'll stay up here all day if I have to. And then Val closes her door. And everybody else just pretty much goes about their business. Right. Um, So she's upset. She's doing her talking head thing. And um, Brian kind of nudges her in the head with the boom mic. Yeah. As a flirtatious maneuver to make her feel better. Excuse me. Uh, and this, I think this is terrible. I, I would almost forgive Brian for almost everything but this one moment because they are actively filming. You know what I'm saying? Brian, yeah. don't, don't ruin the shot. Be a professional. Right. Because uh, so you can uh, definitely forgive him for like jumping in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and even like all the off time, you know, like when she's crying and he consoles right. her the first time we see him. I can forgive that too. But like this is, this is too much. <laughs> He's gone too far with the flirtatious microphone boop. Yeah. Um, so he does that. Um, she decides that she's going to investigate, and she tries to bring together a whole committee of people, uh, eventually with only Dwight and Nellie re- right. ready to go. Uh, Nellie, because she's bored. And Dwight, I think Dwight just likes justice. Well, he, he says something about uh, the only thing I hate more than art. Is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so they eventually, yeah, so that's just them trying to figure out who did it in the warehouse, right? Right. Um, one of their techniques is to find out who the weakest is down there. Right, and then exploit them, which is obviously Nate, right? Yeah, and the way they get him to come over is like, it's terrible. They basically say that his mother is like sick and dying, and it sounds like this is not the first time Dwight has used that exact uh, right. excuse to get Nate to come over. So he starts crying, and then they find him in Val's office, and they say, she's fine. You can't talk to her. She's resting. So it's, like, notice, terrible. Have you noticed, like, Gunn was got minty? But then, like, yeah. all of Pam just, like, goes after him. Who was it? Who was it? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough cop pain, basically. You know, right. it is, it's when she's wearing her painting clothes. It's when she able, is able to step out of her box a bit. She's right. wearing the same kind of outfit during the uh, customer survey episode where she becomes like a reject or whatever. Right. Um, so he gives it up. It was Frank, this guy we've never seen before. I mean, he's new. Val's hired some people. He, uh, he's actually the, he's one of the guards in Orange. Oh, I bet you he's a dick too, right? Yeah. Well, he's the one that gets killed in the, with. The- I don't watch that show. You just ruined it. Oh, great. Frank gets, <laughs> it's like, it's like Clue. Frank in the pool with the shake. Um, right. So they know it's Frank and they basically get an HR meeting with him. Right. So and who's in that meeting? It's it's Toby and Pam. And I thought one other person inside from Frank. I Dwight was- Maybe Dwight, yeah. And he's just like, I, I don't, I didn't like your crappy doodles. And basically says, you can't fire me, so fuck you. Right, right. Explicit rating. Um, <laughs> and he walks out and like, you know, and Tobes, Toby's just like 
No. Yeah. Whatever. Is... He's right. I can't do anything. So he's like. Well, and he's like, he kind of apologized. Like he said the word. <laughs> right. And so Pam is like, I want justice. I want to go scorched earth on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Dwight's like, you know, before I always thought she was kind of homely, but now she's all, you know, salt the earth. I'm like, wow, Pam's got a really nice butt. I know. <laughs> Which also is like not, I mean, again, we've said it before. Jenna Fisher is a very attractive lady. Her butt is never the focal point of the jokes on the show. It's right. A- it, but, and it's so out of character for Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. So basically, so we're just going to cover this storyline. We're already almost over with it. Yeah. Um, but they decide to retaliate by paging on Frank's truck, which apparently he loves very dearly. They use like Trucks water. Are expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like mean, that small, truck's probably like $45,000. A small price to pay when your penis is that small. Boom. Compensation. Uh, but they use like a water-soluble paint. So it's just yeah. there for the joke. He can rinse it off with a hose. Um, so she's given her talking head outside of the office. She's happy. She feels good that she got her revenge. Frank comes out and starts giving her shit. Um, but he kind of comes up on her hard, right? Like it's right. About, like it's about to be a physical altercation. Yeah, he says something about like I should do, or, you know, I'll mess you up or something. Right, right. This very is obviously right. aggressive, yeah. yeah, threatening, et cetera. So we talked about it forty minutes ago, but this is when Brian comes, hits the dude with the boom stand. Dude goes down. Pam is safe. Um, yeah. And so right, that's what happens. It's a it's a big moment. It's probably the second most action we've seen on the show, aside from Roy attacking Jim. Yeah, probably. Um, but the uh, episode ends with him leaving, packing up his stuff. And we get a little bit more sense of the space. Right. We see that there is a like locker room for the crew behind this door by the accounting department. Now, was there a hallway in between where Brian was and that door? Because during the uh, Stanley Heart Attack episode with the fire drill in the beginning, they try to leave through that door. I, it's a, I'm pretty sure that's a retcon. It's a retcon, okay. Because you can but. just see it when they open the door. That's what I thought. Like, that door was immediately the door to that locker room. Anyways, you see that. That's where he says, if you need anybody, like, I'm there. Um, it, it's been before this, but we know he's with someone himself, right? Okay. Was. Or was, got it. Right. Okay. He's divorced. Divorced, that's it. Because they ask him about uh, uh, marital thing. Yeah, that's it. So, right. So he's, he's making moves. It's a big deal. It's crazy shit. So th- there's really three storylines in this episode. So the second one is Jim and Daryl start subletting his apartment. And Jim is a giant. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and it's crazy because uh, Daryl is not. He's a bit of the opposite. He's kind of a neat freak, a little uh, OCD about some stuff. He labels everything. Right. Um, he likes his stuff a lot cleaner than Jim does. And that com- becomes a point of contention between the two. Well, I, I think some of it is... You know, Jim being away from the two kids. Right. He's regressing a bit, right? He regresses because he doesn't have to. He's had yeah. to be, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Daryl, but he doesn't have his kid all the time. Right. So he can still be very much just him. Where Jim, you know, he's had a kid for a couple of years. And, you know, it's the first time away from the family, really. Except- well, I don't want to... I don't know how old everybody is on this show technically at this point. But I feel like Daryl's a bit older than Jim. Not by a lot. They're still contemporaries. You know, they hang out, all that kind of stuff. But there's like a vibe that like Daryl is well beyond this bachelor life. Right. That Jim is like really excited to revisit. Well, and this is something that like um, we see progressing when, let's see, in season eight or early, earlier in this season where he's trying to get Andy to like, you know, he's talking about life hacking. and Ooh, Yeah. All right. that stuff. So it's really built that he's trying to be much more responsible than he has been. Right. Um, yeah, so they're down there, and then we, we cover a couple instances of, like, during, is it during? No, they're at their desks, and Daryl spots that Jim is drinking out of his coffee mug. Right. Which, like, is immediately after Daryl just showed that he was very on top of a particular project that he was working on. So it's, like, this slight that Daryl's covering his shit, and Jim right. is, like, Whatever. you know. Right. So Daryl's trying to figure out this balance between appreciating this opportunity that Jim has given him, but, like, also, like, being like, come on. Um, it comes to a head after a particular meeting where Daryl confronts Jim. Jim pours the coffee very, very slowly, comedically, it's funny, into a garbage can. And 
I've had interactions like this with people. I'm very ashamed of it. It works very well between Daryl and Jim, where Jim's like, would you like me to wash it too as a joke? But Daryl says, but do you want it to soak? Like, will you make it soak? Indicating that Jim never washes dishes. Um, so it's twofold. I soak. I'm a big soaking fan. Mm-hmm. Soak everything. Um, so that that's my bad. But on the other side too, like there was no reason for Daryl to make a comment the way he did. It seemed like Jim might have lost, uh, learned his lesson, right? But right. He, he twists the knife and that kind of puts them like, not just like trying to find middle ground, but like now they're at it with each other. And I've been guilty of that as well. Knives are just so twisty, very easy. Just, you know. Yeah, and so eventually Daryl calls Pam. You're like, hey, can you like fix him? Essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, because she's like in the middle of her investigation as well. So she's like, yeah, just fix him real quick. Um, so we find ourselves at lunch. I guess they both eat at their place, which must be pretty close to the office. Um, and Daryl is eating out of a cooler that he doesn't want to share with Jim. It's a secret cooler, which makes you wonder why did he have a cooler if he was just going to get home? Cooler to work and bring right, but I don't know. Um, and yeah, Jim is messy. He does something at the end of the scene, though, doesn't he? I forget. Oh, he accidentally deleted oh. all of Daryl's TiVo. That's right. TVR. That's right. Yeah. So that's rough. Um, eventually, Jim makes it. Oh, you know, he makes it known. He's the one with the problem. He has to fix himself. He's going to try. And Daryl's like, I will also try not to be so, you know, retentive about my cleanliness. And in a display of solidarity, he drops right. the can onto the floor while they're playing video games. Right. And the next thing is um, and the, the Sanders having a thing with the uh, state. Yeah, it's a, it's a gathering that is a party for Robert. Um yeah, a bunch of people are coming. So it becomes a bit more of a, uh, you know, it's like a political thing. Robert's got to put his best foot forward. Angela very much likes being the wife of a state senator. So she too is doing like the the old Jackie O thing. And, um, you know, she's kind of boasting about it in the office, how no one else is able to go to such a luxurious party as one of Robert Langdon. Um, oh, sorry. It's Philip's birthday. <laughs> But Robert's using this as like a political moment. So he's inviting all the who's who's, but it's Philip's birthday. That being said, um, Angela finds out that Oscar was also invited to this party. And that's where the drama unfolds at the baby Philip's birthday. Right. Um, So apparently Angela did tell Robert explicitly that she didn't want Oscar there. So it's a pretty big move on Robert's part of like, I have the power here. I can do what I want. Right? For sure. And yeah, you definitely get the entitled by the senator. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and we see that. And so what we end up seeing is that he's just using a photo shoot. Right. Right. You know, there's, there's a moment where he thinks he's having a moment with Robert, but it gets turned into like a public moment about his support of the Mexican community Hispanic. in the Hispanic community. Yeah. Uh, right. Oscar is pulled in as is a random person of color who is on the waiting staff, uh, someone in a wheelchair, you know, it's all positioned about his like diversity and inclusion crap. Um, Also, Angela invites Kevin after Dwight refuses because Angela wants her own bull or something, right? Stud. Yeah, that's it. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know terms. Um, Kevin shows up, loves the food. Um, I said one of those random thoughts I'm not actually going to say. That terminology definitely brings some uh, questions about the center and Oscar. Oh, does it? I'm just like not on the level of you at the moment. But <laughs> um, So anyways, Kevin's there. He's enjoying the party. So all the way out, it's like this very weird thing between Kevin and Angela and Robert. You know, they're both like, we love this dude. This dude is doing this to us. Like, what can we do? Kevin comes by and he ends up being the smartest person in the room. Right. And he's all like, great party. You're a dick. You're a, well, it's, uh, you're a terrible person. These yeah. guys care about you. You're just using them. Right, right. Again, and, the food was very good. Yeah. And uh, Angela and Oscar both get to like have a little smile as they walk away with that moment. Right. Because they just couldn't figure out how to word it to him, you know? Because it seems like they're past like trying to get Robert to pick one or the other. I mean, for what it's worth, Robert's gay. He's not into Angela at all. Right. So that's what that is. But um, yeah, it's just nice. 
Um, it's just this good moment, you know. I don't think it had been explicitly said before how they were being used in this way. Right. And up until this moment, too, it really just seemed like he was into Oscar without any other motivations. Right. So, yeah, so when this photo op comes up, it, it's a, you know, it's obvious. Uh, it's worth noting that Meredith is still wearing a wig in this episode as the result of shaving her head from lice. Um, and this is not the first time Jim's used someone else's mug because he used Andy's mug during right. the survey. So that dude just does not give a damn. So, and, I, and I think this episode is something where all the things that are cute or quirky about Jim come out as, you know what? Yeah. You know that, you know, you do kind of start to question what was Pam, what, what was Pam with, you know, the entire right. time. Yeah, I mean, aside from articles about potentially rebooting The Office, the other most written type of article I, I see is Jim's an asshole. Like those are the two big things that have come you know, to light after The Office ended. When will we get another version of it? And why is Jim the worst character on the show? One, I don't want to know. Well, that's too I bad. will watch it and I will probably. Yeah, yeah. And two, like to make the reconciliation work and also him staying at Dunder Mifflin for a year, they had to make him. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, the show starts just in such a different time, you know. So Jim is just a prankster. Right. Um, but as it goes on and because he's been doing it for so long, like when do the pranks get too far? You know, so when is his like juvenile approach to life like well, and it's also, this asshole-ish approach to people's actual problems? And that's also, aren't you a little old for this? Yeah, right. I right. mean, they address that in what, season three? I mean, yeah, like a couple times too, because then um, there's that episode where they raid Utica uh, and Karen starts off with Jim like, so you're still doing this, huh? And it's like they just keep reminding the audience that like everybody is aware that Jim is a clown and it's like he's still doing it. So, uh, but that being said, I don't think he's the worst. All those kids have a lot of problems. Yeah, but all the articles pose that way. But, you know, there are are issues there that should not be emulated. Yeah. I mean, Dwight fires a gun in the office, and yet here we are, you know, still talking about Dwight. So everybody has quite a few issues that right. would not fly And that's today. one reason I do like this season. Yeah. For all of its faults, which are numerous. Um, at least the relationship between Jim and Pam feels real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, would, I wouldn't say I've had this fight. But I've definitely had problems in the past that, yeah, they were tough maritally. Felt real. Right. Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. Yeah, and I think by the, I'd have to look at the end date, but it was one of those things where it kind of hit home because when this episode aired, I was like three months away from getting, four months away from getting married. So it really like sunk in. I see. Well, it's rough because this, this is not the great times, but it's the times, I guess, that make you really reflect on what you're in for when you get married, like how close that partnership is. I know. I'm feeling that with my wife now as we're searching for the house. It, be careful. I mean, listen. Because it's, it's stressful. I think as soon as one of us punches the other one, we'll be fine. You know? We just need a, one of those Fight Club Tyler Durden moments. But I will tell you this. Because we, me and Kelly looked at a lot of houses. Yeah. And when you walk, when you know, you know, like it's just this house, like five steps in the door. I was like, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like some energy or aura the building puts off or just like it fits your eyeline. Right. But when you know, you know. Yeah. I mean, this last one that we're looking at is near a sand front property with a pit that has existed for thousands of years with tea. And the actual bedroom is a floating barge with droids that serve you drinks. So the pit. Yeah, I don't really see how that's it just seems like the place. So it's a it's a couple credits and they don't take uh <laughs> they don't take galactic credits, you know, because they're on the outer room. You get it. <laughs> yeah. But probably my, probably my favorite part about this episode is just Kevin being so not poignant, that's not the right word. So just like you're an asshole. And yeah, he's like he's really intuitive. Like he understands right, what's right. happening. I mean, it's this, that episode where they have to get their parking spaces back. Like Kevin has somebody, like when he has a moment, it's like one, it's like the best moment of that episode. Because like he's, he's, a, he's a great character. I don't want to see a spinoff of him, but I was like really glad every time there's a like webisode miniseries that focuses on yeah. him. 
Cooking with Kevin, that's a great bit. If you've never watched it, go check it out. Oh my God, it's me. Um, yeah, so what do you think about this episode? I really like it. There's a lot of character building. Um, we start building towards like the crux of the season. You know, the, the big Jim Pan blow up. You know, Dwight realizing like maybe he shouldn't do this. You know, all this other stuff. Um, so I gave it a four out of five vengeful bitches, which nice. is what Dwight called Pam. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I too liked it. I mean, not for nothing. I don't like Jim and Pam fighting. But so this episode doesn't have that. Yet it still continues to show, show their struggle while they're apart, you know. Um, so I liked it too. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of five. Uh, is he pooping? Yeah, there are some gems in this season because there has to be, you know. Right. You can't end the show without any good shit at the end, but uh, this is one of them, so it's good. Thank you, Beryl. Yes, uh, sorry for the delay. Um, nine episodes left. Nine episodes, yeah. You know, depending on how we cover some of the hour longs or whatever, but man, we are, at this rate, we'll be done by 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, at this rate, we'll be done by Christmas. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about it, but Angela Kinsey and freaking Jenna Fisher are doing their own office podcast. I know, right? I, I, was, think, I think we got to sue them, right? They're going episode <laughs> by episode, and they're going to be way like... Uh, well, you know what's interesting? As I was telling my wife, I was like, they obviously have the experience of being there. Right. They could talk about it for a very particular... But at the end of the day, I don't think they know more about The Office than we do. There's no way they watched it as often as we watched it. Well, yeah, but... I, I, but but you get all those inside you know, inside baseball stories of oh I remember we were filming this this happened that's really yeah. what it'll be for it's all right. that inside knowledge right but I'm just saying like if you if you say hey what's that episode where you know Michael runs out of the office saying women and children first we'll get him arrested I think we would know it a lot sooner than either of them would. <laughs> I guess this definitely kills the idea of them coming on our podcast. We could invite them. No, we could be like, hey, listen, we have a very well-established office podcast. If you need some cred, come on to an episode. You know, we'll give you some airtime. We'll only charge you a little bit. (laughs) Anyways, that's it. That's the show for this week. Thanks for coming out. And we we promise we'll be better. It was just, it's been a rough six-ish week. Yeah, it's been a hard quarter. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, Later. Bye.